Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Forward Thinking Podcast. It's Chrissy here from CS2. I have my co-host, Xander Broffel here. What's up, Xander? Hey, everybody. <laughs> and today we have another fellow CS2 folk, uh, Claire Pockle Wilson. She's our people operations manager here at uh, CS2 and... We thought it'd be great to have her on to talk about culture and values and how to build a strong culture uh, for your team, let it, or maybe even your company, like in our case, uh, and even while also being remote. So it could be for remote people or if you're back in the office, but we know a lot of you are a bit of a hybrid now. So um, CS2, I can kind of set the stage, but we've we've grown a lot since we've hired Claire and <laughs> It's been amazing how much we've done with, uh, you know, adjusting to that growth while still maintaining a good culture, which is something that we really wanted to do. So welcome to the podcast, Claire. First time. <laughs> yeah. Happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Excited. Well, to, to first kick it off, um, I'd love for you to share kind of like, you know, what kind of appealed to you about like people operations, like what, what you really enjoy around like building, you know, uh, and supporting the culture at a company. Um, how does that fill your cup? You know, what, how, and then what do you think is like the most important parts of it that you feel is like true to your heart? Yeah, for sure. So definitely when I was thinking about kind of what I wanted to do as a job, as a career, I wanted to do something that was impactful to people. So initially I was kind of thinking like, okay, can I work in a nonprofit? Can I go do something that's really directly impactful? And, uh, you know, it, just by by way of being exposed to a couple different things in tech, um, I kind of ended up down a different path. Um, but I really see people ops as a way to be impactful, even if it is on a smaller scale and make sure that people are feeling valued and that they're having a really good experience. Um, so I, I'm someone that really likes processes and kind of building things that work and that make sense and constantly reevaluating those things. Um, so this is definitely something where I get to do all those things. And then also on top of that, make sure that people are having a great experience in their job. Yeah, definitely. I think one thing that has always struck me as like just uh, what I could sum it up, but I just feel like you're like the voice of the people and like you really do a great <laughs> job of like being because we, we've talked about it before, Claire, I think sometimes with like, you know, there's HR roles or people roles and it kind of feels like you're just like the enforcer or, right. you know, you're more on the executive side, but really like y you you counter that like you'll challenge me and Charlie to think about like the team's perspective or like what they really need and and be a voice and champion for them like what when was like was there a moment where you felt like you kind of realized that that was like a, like your purpose or or something that a way that you wanted to lead in this role maybe different than what others maybe see the role as yeah, I mean, it's hard, especially when you hear, I think, and I like this kind of change to calling HR people ops, because there yeah. definitely is like more focused on people. Like when I tell people I work in HR, I feel like I have to like, 
put a caveat in there to be like I'm not just like (laughs) I'm not just like putting all these rules in place like those things are important but there are ways that you can do them that you know feel better um so I think (laughs) I just think of like I said Toby from the office is that who yeah (laughs) yeah and Michael hates him it's like yeah um but yeah just thinking about like I think I have a natural inclination just to make sure that people are happy and that they have the resources that they need and that things are accessible and easy to do. Um, So when I'm thinking about my job, I also want to think about those things. Um, That's just kind of like who I see myself as a human being. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk through some of the programs. And one of the reasons why I think it's great to have Xander on is like, you know, Xander just started this year, which is crazy to me. I feel like you've been here longer. Xander, but, <laughs> um, yeah. but a lot of our programs and growth happened at the very beginning of this year. We've had some growth, but that was where we put in a lot of programs. So um, definitely uh, Xander, from your perspective, what, you know, we're going to have you kind of add on from your lens, like what it feels like to experience that and Absolutely. what it's been like as an employee. So, um, I wanted yeah. to say something really quick. Cause it's yeah. kind of interesting that, that, you know, it's people operations and Claire, you're saying that you love the operations side of things. And <laughs> I remember when I was, when I was like going through onboarding and the interview process, I just kept on reflecting like, wow, it's really nice to work for a marketing operations agency because the processes are so good without realizing, (laughs) oh, it was probably a lot of the people operations side of the house that was making it as effective as it was. Um, And that makes a difference. It really does. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for, I think one of the things of why we talk about it, it's important, but I I think uh, for Charlie and I, when we first started CS2, we part of the reason why we wanted to start CS2 is also we could have a way to kind of control the environment and culture that we're in. We're kind of feeling like really burnt out and um, especially myself from and feeling a bit rough and um, from having some experiences that maybe like weren't ideal. But I, I think also because there was a grow at any cost kind of mentality and people were kind of the, you know, collateral damage to that, I would say a bit. And I think some environments still work like that, but there is more of a focus, I think, on people's like mental health and their approach to work and work-life balance. Um, You know, and I wasn't even a parent back then. And I still felt like there's a lot of these in like, just, just certain situations. So building up the culture, I think was really important. But then when you're a small team, like culture, you can build it very naturally and easily. And like you have a few team members, it's, it's not that hard to maintain a strong kind of tight knit culture. And so the benefit or when we felt tested is like when we start to see the team grow, okay, how do we still maintain this? Cause it's one of our core values. So, um, what do you think, Claire, are some of like the um, the benefits that you, you see with actually having like a strong culture at the company besides the obvious of like, you know, maybe low turnover? But what do you think, especially <laughs> within like teams or remote teams, like what are some of those like wins that you see? 
Yeah, well, I mean, first, I definitely like having leadership that is on board with like making sure that people are happy and healthy is a huge thing. So the fact that you and Charlie came in with that as one of your goals when you were creating this agency, like that is incredible. And that means that everything else is easier um, because you have your leadership on board. Uh, but definitely thinking about kind of how we communicate with one another. I think you need to have that base level of kind of trust and we're all kind of on the same team. So when you have a good culture that fosters those things, you are able to communicate better. People are willing to ask for help. Um, people feel like they're valued. Um, you know, we're seeing all of this kind of quiet quitting or maybe not so quiet quitting happening. <laughs> and uh, that's like, I really like to see that because it's people saying like, no, like I deserve better than this and I don't need to be treated this way. Um, and I know that there are places that will treat me better. Um, so yeah, I think it's a responsibility to kind of foster a space where people feel uh, safe mm -hmm. um, and where they can feel like they can grow and ask questions and be a part of, you know, a team that's all working towards the same goals. Yeah. Xander, how do you feel like, or what do you think from your perspective? And I'm not saying CS2's like culture is perfect, but kudos to Claire. She's done a lot of work to like make sure our environment, I think, is really great. And we're thinking about people. But, but for you, Xander, like how was there any kind of like initial feelings or like things about the culture at CS2 that appealed to you like from the very beginning like when you started and maybe some things that you actually didn't realize was a real value until you like started working at CS2 yeah I think I think just having that open space to be able to ask questions and not ever feel like you're asking a, a dumb question um yeah <laughs> because because you know it's it's tough to step out especially as a new person and you kind of show your your um, gaps or your gaps in knowledge or experience by asking questions, but it's like, that's how you grow. That's how you learn. And when you see everybody on the team asking that and just like having that open dialogue, I think that mm -hmm. it was very welcoming for, for me and for other people to like jump in and, and go in front of everybody and say, I don't know, can somebody help? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that was definitely like the most obvious initial thing. I think that the, that the, the value that has really shown itself to be probably the most powerful is just the level of trust that the team mm. has for each other. You know, um, mm -hmm. we are we're all accountable. We all, you know, we log our work, we do all of these things, but at the same time, like I know that the team trusts each other to, to make good decisions. And, mm -hmm. you know, when those decisions, sometimes they fall flat, maybe it's not a successful decision that you, that you made. Um, but we trust each other to, you know, pick each other up and, and continue to move forward. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's definitely one of our core values is, tr is trust and transparency. Cause I feel like you can't really have one without the other. Um, yep. And transparency was definitely one that I, I really struggled to see any transparency in organizations I was in. And the closer I got to like leadership positions, I was like, wow, there's like no transparency. <laughs> I'm being told to tell my team something to keep them motivated. But then I'm the, I also know that there's some other things going on, you know? And so I think, people probably don't realize like from a 
like transparency perspective, like people want to know like where, like what they're working with, even if it's something hard, like going into COVID. I think we uh, both, both of you weren't there at that ex exact time, but Charlie and I addressed it head on. We're like, this is our plan, like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, before we let anyone go, you know? And we just want to let everyone know that like, we're going to get through this together. And this is our, this is what we're going to do. And like, I, we made sure everyone's voices got heard on like how they were feeling. And, um, I think that's really important because as a leader, you want to show that like you have a plan, but also say like, I'm going to do the best that I can to make sure that like the people are protected first. Um, but no, it's hard too. You know, like we don't know what's going to happen. And so I think having that open dialogue and transparency and being able to show vulnerability to like not only your team, but if you're a leader, like other people at the company, I think just kind of permeates then for other people to do the same thing and really trust each other. So, yeah. Um, cool. Well, I, I feel like we should dive into some of our awesome programs that we've built because <laughs> one of the things that has always kind of happened as we like added team members um, is like stress tests uh, to what we do, our operations. And we're pretty agile, nimble, but we have like developed programs. Um, most of them have been launched pretty much all from uh, Claire or she's taking existing ones and made them better. So maybe we first talk about um, recognition. So yeah, Claire, maybe talk a little bit about recognition, maybe like what you saw at first at CSTU and how we've evolved that and what you think some of the benefits are. Yeah. Um, I think like I came when we were nine people, so yeah. bigger than we once were, but not as big as we are now. Um, so I think it was like just getting to that point where maybe you were working a little bit more in silos. People weren't necessarily talking to every single person on the team every single day. So it was about kind of making sure that the work that people were doing was being recognized. Uh, I know that I am definitely not someone that will raise my hand and be like, I did a great thing. Um, <laughs> and a lot of people on the team are also like that. Um, yeah. It can be hard to kind of cheer for yourself. So um, creating ways for people to do that for others, especially since we do work closely together, um, was really important. So we have kind of a, we have forward thinker of the month, which is kind of like our employee of the month, um, where we sit down and we say, okay, who made a really great impact this month or mm -hmm. who improved or learned something cool? Um, and we make sure that we're kind of passing that responsibility around. Um, it's not like the same person every month or anything like that. Um, <laughs> making sure that everyone kind of gets a gets a chance to be recognized. Um, and then we also have a tool called Hey Taco, which I think we all love. Um, yeah. But uh, it just allows you to give tacos to people, um, you know, virtual little tacos in Slack. Um, Are they hard you, shell or soft shell? You know, it's whatever you want, Xander. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> Dealer's choice. <laughs> what about a uh, double? They need a, like a double decker one or something. Exactly. Yeah, like a, like a Dorito, whatever those <laughs> Taco Bell ones are. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but just making sure that people know how that system works. Uh, you can give 
five tacos to people. So we use them as bonuses sometimes um, because you can go on in the back end as well. Uh, but just, yeah, it's a fun way to make sure that people are recognized. And then, I mean, on our calls, I think too, if people are going above and beyond, we're also just recognizing people. So it's really a part of like the way that we work. Um, I yeah. think the people that we've hired to have an actual inclination um, to kind of make sure that everyone's getting seen for the work that they're doing. Yeah. Being on like the, the giving side and in the recognition, like what do you, and I mean, I think a lot of people are hearing this and being like, you give out tacos, like how is that <laughs> important? <laughs> but what do you, can you describe Xander from your perspective, how you see that being like a cool thing uh, to use and, on yeah. what you see as like a benefit. Cause I, I do think there's, it's like, unless you're in it and using it, you don't realize like, Oh, how is this valuable? You know? Yeah. I mean, it's very similar to a lot of recognition tools. You know, I've used others in the past. What I love about this is it's a tool that's built on Slack. So you're mm -hmm. sending emojis that are tacos and you can send a single taco emoji or up to five per day. So you have a limited bucket. So, you know, it's actually kind of interesting. We've talked about like, I wish I had more, more tacos to give. But what's nice is that in a given day, you have up to five times to truly recognize somebody. Um, and it's about the message that comes with that, right? <clears throat> so you would at mention Claire, taco, taco, thank you so much for, you know, prepping that meeting and doing that great group activity. And then everybody kind of goes into the thread and starts commenting on it as well. Um, and, you know, it's just like it when, it when it's ingrained, like it's in a system that we're all using. It's Slack, so it's super visible to the team. It's cross-functional, so, you know, it's not just giving it to your direct report or to your boss, but like everybody across the team starts to share it with each other. Um, and even people who aren't involved, like, you know, you'll just get the like, hey, good job, way to go. Like that also still feels good because you know that you're getting that that recognition across the team and you're also giving that recognition across the team. Totally. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's gotten to a point too, like where the more you see it like being used, like the more valuable it becomes, like the more active people are using it. It's almost like second nature for everyone now. Yeah. And like the nice part too is like um you I don't know, you get a pulse on like, oh, what are the amazing things that people I like, don't even really work with day to day are doing? Like I you know, and I, I think in especially remote teams, that can it can feel pretty isolating sometimes. Yeah. Like being in your silo or you know, sometimes different members of the team are maybe highlight a bit more just because their work is more visible. You know, we even struggle and figure out how the ways we can combat that because like we even see it, right? Like a, a director, people managing the day-to-day -day accounts can get a lot of recognition because like they're managing that account, but there's a lot of work the rest of the team is all doing to support every account. So that's what I love about Hey Taco specifically, but also our forward thinker because it puts people in the limelight, but also highlights and gives everyone an idea of like, oh, this is the value this person's doing. Just because I don't work with them or work really closely with them doesn't mean I don't like, you know, see them and see their true value. Mm -hmm. 
So I love that. Um, I've always been a fan of recognition. I would have to build out things like that in my own <laughs> like kind of team. Uh, or I had like a, I had a thing also when I worked in mops to try and get people to be more like jazzed about mops. Like I had my own like get, like recognition program for like my top kind of like mops kind of like person who would uphold, you know, could be a field marker, demand in person, something like that. And I feel like even just doing that alone helped um, build relationships and but also kind of reinforce good behavior too or in like trust mm-hmm. and, and all those things. So um, I, yeah, it's one of my, one of my favorite things. Um, I, yeah. I, I think that if you're, if you're thinking about, you know, building out a system like this, or you have one in place, I, I just think that like making sure that it's in a already used channel is totally, key, you know, yep. um, I've seen it where it doesn't necessarily work because you have to go into an app or you have to go to a website and it's like, oh, now that's an extra task. Mm-hmm. I get done with the meeting, quick pop in with a quick chat in our in our channel that we do this in. And I know that that recognition is delivered and, you know, I don't have to, like, add another thing to a to-do list. Totally. Yep. Totally. Um, all right. Well, the anything else on recognition? I feel like we've kind of nailed it. I mean, and the obvious benefits, too, is, like, makes people feel good. Like, that's a great thing to do, <laughs> especially <Yeah>. nowadays <laughs> when the world feels a bit scary. So, um, okay. Team building. This one is probably one of the ones that has been, I wouldn't say the biggest challenge, Claire, but somewhere where you've really helped us, but like biggest challenge for me, I think, because it was like very, uh, like, like I said, for people, team building is really easy. But then how do you do that with a remote team who doesn't get together very often and then really get people to engage with each other instead of just like them and their manager or something? Um, So maybe talk through a little bit of like some of the programs or things that you see as really useful uh, to really support that team building and team like connection. Yeah, so I think this is been stress tested a little bit as our team has grown um, in the the beginning of the year. Um, You know, whenever you add more people, you have to kind of rethink the way that you're doing things because it adds a whole other layer to kind of how you are interacting with people on a daily basis. Um, And they have new ideas and new things that they've experienced. So how do we incorporate all those things as well? Um, But I think kind of the main well there's a couple things but Mm -hmm. um the main thing that we do is our monthly team event um Mm -hmm. where we just block off an hour an hour and a half um on everyone's calendar and we do some fun activity together so i mean we've done like cooking classes a lot of times we play like virtual games um we've had like people come teach us how to draw a mountain um (laughs) so there there's all different kinds of things that we do and you know i think silver lining of the pandemic is that now there are a ton of online resources that you can just go to and they give you all kinds of ideas for online activities and virtual things that you can you can kind of do with your team or friends or whatever group of humans that you want to be with um so that is a big one um we when we doubled our team we're 18 people now uh when we kind of got to that point uh we said okay like 
now we have people on different teams um, and they're not necessarily working on the same clients. They're not necessarily seeing or interacting with people. They're maybe a little bit siloed um, on their own team. So how do we get people to just know their coworkers? Um, so another mm -hmm. tool we use in Slack, um, again, like using the systems that we already have in place as much as we can, um, is Donut. So I think it's every three weeks we have our little donut bot pop in. We have a lot of food tools. I'm just realizing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think a lot of people are familiar with donut, but it comes in, it randomly pairs you with someone on the team. And then I have a couple of questions plugged in there, but usually they're just very casual chats where people talk about their weekends or you know, their hopes and dreams and things that they do outside of work. Um, so it's just a nice way to get to know people on a more human outside of work level. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Donut was was new for me. I, I don't know, Xander, how, how you, if you've used Donut in your past or how you've done like team building. Um, but I, one of the things I like about Donut now is like, I, I used to talk to like pretty much everyone every single day and now I don't. So yeah. I, I feel like it kind of supports like just having a chance to connect with someone on a like human level than like, Hey, what are you doing with this thing? Or like, I would be so work related. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I used, so before I, I had used donut, we tried to build this thing manually. So we had like an Excel spreadsheet with, I think a hundred people signed up for it and we were using random numbers, trying to pair each other. It was wow. awful. It, it, <laughs> it worked for about a month. And then you were like, I can't repeat the same person. Donut's amazing. <laughs> Cause it automates all of that. Right. Um, yeah. But you know, when I was in house, like we had, I, I think it was donut or it was something very similar. Um, and it was nice because, you know, I'm in marketing, so I was pretty close with the marketers, but to get paired up with somebody on the product team, all of a sudden you're learning a little bit of what's, what's going on in the product, or you get paired up with somebody in support. Now you start to kind of get a better feel for like what our customers are feeling. So yeah. there's a lot of like, it's great that you can learn a little bit more about people, but even when it falls naturally into work, it's nice because it's cross departmental. And so like you're learning new things and you're enriching that, that, um, side of things as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think that with the remote mental, like remote culture too, I think it's even more important to like, we don't have like water cooler conversations. Yeah. I mean, I think that's obvious to everyone now. If you are a hybrid, you probably do, but let's like more like, how do you replicate those moments? which are great and it, it's not gonna ha it's not gonna be as natural it's not gonna be as like regular but just trying to kind of replicate that same experience I think is is really good um and then I think the team activity the the thing that is most interesting like and I don't know what you think too but like honestly sometimes even the simplest things like when we play whatever like some of the like games yeah. like What's the last game that we played? On we did code names. Code names. And like something as simple as that, like the team like loves. And so it just proves like you just like, you don't need to put up this like huge like event and virtual thing and yeah. whatever to get people connected and having fun. Yeah. I think too, like we do like try to meet 
in person too. It is harder (laughs) since we're all across the United States. Um, But like, how do we foster those kind of in-person conversations when we are not together? Um, Yeah. Totally. What about some other, what do you think some other programs just around supporting the team or making them feel supported that you feel that we put in recently that you think have a big impact? Yeah, I mean, our GeekBot, another Slack tool, um, checks in with people every Monday and Friday to kind of see where their workload is at. Um, That's kind of more tactical, um, but it helps us kind of check in, see if anyone's overworked or underworked and make sure that we're distributing resources um, correctly. Uh, We have our question of the week too, which is also run by Donut actually. it comes in and asks some random question. What's your favorite vacation look like? Or, you know, something fun like that. And we have lots of responses to that. Um, asking about people's weekends. Like it, a lot of these things are not hard or like over-engineered. You just have to kind of make sure that you're doing them. Right. Um, because people, I think people want to share what they're doing outside of work, but you, sometimes it's weird to just post in a random Slack channel or um, Mm -hmm. just share something that's happening. So creating ways in which people feel comfortable to do that um, and where it's very normal and people want to see what you're doing outside of work as well. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I I think having it pushed is really helpful. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's like, cause you get so into like, this is what I need to do for my day. And, and the, the team building stuff kind of can very easily fall to the wayside. So getting something and, you know, every Tuesday morning, I'm going to get this question or every Thursday, I'm going to get that question. Like it's just helpful. Totally. And I mean, too, with team building, like it is important as a team so that you know who you're working with, but also like the people that you work with, you spend a lot of your life with them. So yeah. if if you can like those people and you can get to know them, like that's going to make your life so much better. Totally. Yeah. The getting to know part is one of the parts that like I think we wanted to maintain because when you have a small team like and you grow with them. So the, like the first like, you know, three or four years of CS2, we, we didn't like have a like massive growth and you're still relatively small company. That's why I like saying team rather than like company to, to make the relative size comparison. But like the, um, you know, you just get to know the people like Christy. I've, I've seen her, you know, date, get engaged, get married. She's now Mm -hmm. pregnant, like, and watching her go through all her milestones and understand her and other people on the team. And so now I still feel like I, you know, for everyone, I think, but because we share things about our weekends or about ourselves and we do that in an active way, like, I still feel like I know people really well, um, of like who they are outside of work and what they love to do and their interests. Um, and I can say like, I, sometimes I feel like I didn't really even have that sometimes when I worked with people and I was sitting next to them all day. I, sometimes yeah. I didn't even know what like their yeah. kid name was or like what, what did they like to do on the weekend? Because there wasn't those like, unless you then worked really late with them or on a project or something like maybe you have those moments of downtime where you can, you know, laugh and, and chat with each other. So, 
but I wanted, I feel like, I don't like saying that companies or teams need to feel like a family. I don't think that we should feel like we're family, but we should like, you know, knowing each other outside of just our, our work selves, I think just helps us just, like you said, build that trust with each other and understand each other. And like you said, like you spent a lot of time with them. So like having that closeness, um, I don't know, just makes things feel better. <laughs> You're dealing with a human, not just like a coworker yeah. or a name on Slack. Yeah. And I, I don't think it's for everybody. I mean, you're kind of alluding to that, right? There's a lot of people who are like, I just want to clock in, do my job right. and leave. It's not really the culture that that we have at CS2. Like, I feel like almost everybody is is engaging in this type of behavior and maybe it doesn't work for everybody. But, you know, it, again, it's not that we have to be everybody's friends, but like if we no. can be friendly with each other and get to know each other a little bit, you know, you, you start to treat each other more than just a face behind a screen and you and you treat each other as humans. Right. Yeah. And what we do, like I would say, you know, can be challenging. We're solving problems and we're doing these really deep technical things and we're stretching ourselves. So like, if anything, can we control how we all feel like when we get, you know, we do sign on and supporting each other, making people feel happy about that part because yeah, you're gonna have times where you're like, you make a mistake and you know, it doesn't feel good or like a client's having an issue. Okay. Let's, let's deal with that. And, um, and also it, it, it helps main like we can maintain our culture. And then maybe if we're seeing some other things on the side of people feeling frustrated, like it rubs off on our clients. I think it helps us get them into more positive mental space and be their reprieve from maybe some of the stress that they're feeling. Um, so that's something that I've always thought is super important. Um, okay. Last thing, cause we don't have a lot of time left, but <laughs> learning and development. This is something that CSU takes like really strongly. It's one of our biggest things. We always like seeing people grow and learn and in this world of revenue operations, marketing operations, like, could there be any more things that you need to know? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so how do we help support folks through their learning and development? So what are a few things, Claire, that you think like has really been supportive of them? Yeah. I, and like this is again with uh, we're always thinking about different ways to do things and better ways to do things we're currently having conversations about kind of how to make this better right yeah. now um but I, I think our main one is our caffeine and brains conversations which are almost every single friday um i think they started off and chrissy you can definitely fill fill this part in but they started off as kind of a way to discuss projects and brainstorm about certain ways to do things and make like challenge whatever the norm was and say mm -hmm. is this actually the best way to do something and it's kind of evolved into you know we still do some of that but we also you know bring in guest speakers from new tools because as marketing ops people like you use a whole lot of tools all the time and it's hard to know kind of like which one is the best and it you know it depends and we say that all the time but uh, <laughs> uh you know having access to this information um is really important so that's definitely one of the things uh and you know i, I think we've said before too like 
we know that people probably aren't going to stay at CS2 forever and ever and ever, but we want their time here to be the most growth that they can have in their yeah. career when they're here. We want them to learn and grow and create pathways for them to do the things that they really want to do. And, you know, there's always going to be certain things that you don't necessarily want to do in your job. Yeah. Um, but how do we maximize the things that you are really interested in and get you more experience in that? So, I, I mean, we're having conversations like this all the time where we're saying mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we we're noticing a skills gap or we like maybe someone on the team really wants to get Marketo certified. Like, how do we make sure that they have those resources to do those things? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think to um to kind of add on to that and it's 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 not even like oh even if someone did want to stay at CS2 for like you know as long as they can how can they still grow is also something that I think about because you don't want to like outgrow your environment either so always thinking through okay how do you develop paths for people make sure that they're growing in their career at like the rate that they want to um, or that they can, right? Like I think sometimes we're, we're forced into these, um, I don't know, hier hierarchical kind of norms, um, I would say within organizations. And so we're figuring that out too. How can we just create paths for people to grow and do good work and just continue to do that? And then that aligns to like what their strengths are. Um, and then as far as like the, the skills and development, I think a big thing that Claire didn't mention, but she's a huge part of, but like we do have, you know, we set OKRs, like, mm -hmm. uh, Xander could probably talk about this too. Like he's a manager as well. And, but you, we do monthly one-on-one sometimes for some folks more than that, like bi-weekly one-on-ones, but we do do quarterly OKRs. And a bit of that is tied to your current job, like your hours that you do. Uh, and skill skill development, you know, being part of something like leading a caffeine and brains and all of that, I think is is super important to stay focused on, so you can like track that that growth. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think about with the OKRs, everybody has something that's unique to them. You know, totally. It, 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 it's it. You know, I chose my OKR, and my team member chose his OKRs, and mm -hmm. other people like. It's not that we are saying, here's your playbook of how to be a great mops manager. These are the skills that you need to learn. These are the OKRs that you need to set. It's, well, I want to grow in this area and that area. So I'm going to set specific goals to, to achieve that. Um, and then we track it and we, you know, find if there's something that's blocking you from being able to do it and help support that way. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I think some of the things too that, Claire, you haven't mentioned, but you've also helped put in, but like even, and from a management perspective, you know, yep. I think in some ways, like how do we create like standardization, but still like have people feel supported. So you mentioned GeekBot. We do have like a GeekBot that sends out questions for the format of one-on-ones. And so managers can actually have a chance to review all of that and some of the answers can be done with more like thinking from the man from the from the direct report in a way where they're getting it down on paper for say like first, which I actually think is just beneficial because sometimes it can be scary to go through like questions like that with your manager. Like totally. Are you feeling about your work life balance? You know, you're like, 
I don't know, you know, I mean, good, you know, but like, um, having that like prompts or those prompts, like, and have it be kind of consistent, I think gives management or at least for myself too, just some, some type of framework to work from. But also I know that the, a lot of the answers that are going into there are usually, you know, pretty honest, but then I can open up a even more honest conversation based on that. Um, which yeah, and I mean, it just makes the time valuable. We have we have those questions go out, you know, a week before the one on ones usually. Yeah. So it gives it gives enough time to kind of make sure that you're thinking through those answers, um, but also for managers to read through those answers beforehand. You know, I I've submitted things before where I've said, oh, you know, I'm stressed about this thing, and I've like immediately gotten a response back to say like, I don't want to wait until you're one on one to talk about this. So it yeah. is super helpful to kind of like have that feedback going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Feedback loop for sure. Um, well, I think you alluded to it too, but it's an ever, it's a, you know, ever growing process. Yeah. Claire's now deep into, okay, how do we, how do we then scale out like what, what we, you know, our point of view and what we do and have the team feel supported and, and, we we don't like cookie cutter frameworks, but there is some valuable to the team feeling supported and delivering consistent work. So that's like a big focus for us right now. But I would say maybe Claire, like you might have some final statement too, but I think one thing that I think is the real value is like, even if you're small, a small company, or even if you have a small team, or if it's just your team, like thinking of ways that you can just like constantly improve and like even get those feedback. I know Claire, you do one of your favorite things is our survey out to our team. Mm -hmm. That's anonymous to get their feedback too. But I think learn from your team, make adjustments, put in process. Maybe you think, Oh, this is too much for the size of this team. Well now, but like what happens when your team grows? Mm -hmm. And so that's been a learning experience for us. Like, and I think has, been useful because I think we punch above our weight now in terms of like all the systems and process that we do have to support the team for our team size. Yeah. I mean, it's really just knowing like this, this answer might be the best answer for right now, but tomorrow it might not be the right answer. (laughs) And a week from now it might not be the right answer. So constantly just being like, okay, like maybe I'm not right. Like what is somebody else's perspective on this and how can we make this more efficient, better, um, you know, however you want to qualify that. Um, so just making sure that you're asking those questions. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, um, I know we're going to have to close up this conversation, but thanks so much, Claire, for coming on and Xander for sharing your thoughts and, Sandra and I will be back again next week. But if you enjoyed this episode of Forward Thinking, feel free to share it with your colleagues or friends, uh, you know, and even a people ops person who you think would really enjoy it. Um, <laughs> and uh, leave us a like or review. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you next time on Forward Thinking. Have a good one.